Welcome to episode four of Content House. This week, we were supposed to have Vikram on the show, but unfortunately, both Toby and I have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Toby's actually all better now. I'm still testing positive, but getting there. But either way, it wasn't possible for anyone to join us on the show. So for this special episode, it's just me and Toby. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to episode four of COVID House. Oh, sorry, COVID. Con- Content House. <laughs> I, I am Falcone. And this is this is Toby. Thank you for making the trip up. The no stairs. worries. You know what? It's been it's been a hard week. Of it's the COVID house has been real, and uh, just getting up these stairs is breathless. I'm probably never leaving now. I'm honestly probably just good to be here for forever. You, you sure? Yeah. Do you, do you have to have to be? Would you, would you not want me? I'm mm. here. I can go if you want me gone. I can go, but I'll go now. <laughs> you can do the podcast solo. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, Vikram was meant to be here, obviously, uh, and I would send his apologies, but it's not, it's not his fault that he's not here. It's ours for going to a wedding yes. and getting COVID. A wedding of which we were not on the original guest list for and only got <laughs> invited because other people dropped out. And then it was sort of like, well, why not? Well, you know, that sounds like a fun thing to do, go to a wedding. And it cost us the whole week. It was like a trap. It was. It was like a trap. It was like, come to this wedding. You won't get coronavirus. Wink. We got coronavirus. (laughs) The funny thing, the funniest thing about it is that people were worried that we were going to spread the virus. Yeah. Because we had been, last week on Wednesday, we'd been out. At, at a place where someone had then tested positive mm. and uh i i thought it was the right thing to then go to the you know message the guy that was getting married and be like hey just so you know um we've been somewhere we've been somewhere where there's been some we'll take tests but you know if you'd rather we didn't come let me know and he was like no 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 it's fine as long as you test positive in the morning that's okay negative but then, negative <laughs> that's the <laughs> one. important that and then the uh <laughs> the 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 when we were at the wedding there were people there that were like oh you had a covid scare didn't you uh and one person was was also like oh you shouldn't have been doing anything to put yourselves at risk which you know there's there's layered arguments well, we didn't know we were going but... to the wedding really until like two days before anyway well, i guess we knew we were going to yeah, the reception yeah. though but um but yeah either way uh it's obviously no one's fault it's not the fault of the person whose wedding it was he, he was very important Stefan was very apologetic. There's no point in yeah, yeah, yeah. Stefan was very apologetic to me. He said, you know, he knows it's not his fault, but he feels guilty. It's like yeah, so it, it happens, agree to go to a wedding. If there's yeah. people at a wedding who have COVID, they're gonna give it to us and it's fine. The wildest thing is we you know, ha- we've always said that there's a backup guest that we can have, which is Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe's always available. Amazingly, this whole last week we're all living in the same house, the same environment. Every time Phoebe's tested negative. She's just not got it. So, I mean, we, we are, um, you know, this was after I had already, I guess, got it. Um, and we had kind of spent the night in the same bed as per usual. And then after that, I tested positive. And I was like, well, okay, I, I guess I'll go sleep on the sofa downstairs. But, you know, she's been using the same, not the same kitchen cutlery and stuff, but she's, we have one kitchen that we all share and we've been tried to be smart about it. She's amazingly just not caught it. And so we don't want to have her on the podcast because that's just an additional amount of time that she's in an enclosed room with us it's weird when that happens i mean think back to uh, about two months ago where 
I was ill. Mm. I've been ill all this year, I swear. I was ill and I thought it was COVID. I tested negative. My dad tested positive. My grandma, who also lived with me and my family. I, this is before I moved in here, so I still live with family. My grandma tested positive. But my mom, who lived with all of us, tested negative and she never got ill. And I was obviously ill with something different. So like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but that's kind of similar to this, right? Where Phoebe, yeah. she'll get it in a month and <laughs> we'll be like, what's going on? Um, I mean, I, I've been fortunate in that I tested negative yesterday night. And so fingers crossed tonight it's negative again. And that's me out of it. And I'm definitely like, I feel a lot better. Still getting kind of tired, but um, it's been an interesting week. How have you kind of spent your, your week of illness? Just in bed. In bed. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say otherwise, like, I, you, I want to get into this a little bit later, but I saw your Instagram story where you were talking about how you, you didn't do any work because you were ill and it was actually kind of I see being ill as an opportunity. Right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about we'll it in a get bit. get back into that. Uh, I would have liked to have had an opportunity to do stuff this week. Yeah. But I've still, I've didn't, I've, I'll tell you what, I've been doing whatever it takes to stream this week. Like yeah. I've been literally spending all day in bed and then crawling out of bed, rolling into my chair just to do the, the few hours of stream. Cause I figure I stream so few hours in the week. Like I can't, I can't just not. Yeah. So like it's such a small time commitment. So I've just been yeah. prioritizing that. And I wish I could say, you know, I've been able to make this video or do this and do that, but I've literally, I've just had no energy. I've been, I, now, even now I'm good. Like a small part of me is like, I need to be in bed. I'm yeah. just exhausted constantly. It, I mean, yeah. I've also um also lost my sense of smell and taste. Not not like entirely, but like it's my sense of smell I wouldn't say is gone, but it's weird. Everything yeah. just smells weird. Everything kind of smells rubbery. I think okay. that's the that's the best way I can describe it. Everything sort of smells you know, rubbery. That's the thing I was most worried about was taste and smell and there was yesterday morning I was eating something that just tasted wrong and I don't I was but it didn't it still tasted it just tasted wrong. Yeah, and then food has just tasted a bit bland, but like okay. not not like not like off or anything just just not not quite right mm. um but the smell thing is weird like i've been walking into my bedroom for the last three or four days like it smells weird in here and i was trying to work out what it was and i was even at one point like going around sniffing things like is it this that smells weird is it it's just, just a shower just more my... mate yeah it's just wrong. it you just need to wash your clothes and shower more but then the weird the part where i realized no there's genuinely something wrong with my sense of yeah. smell is is uh is i i <clears throat> i i drove to my parents place last night which before i get shouted at They've all got it or had it. <laughs> like, that's another COVID house. Yeah. So I essentially went from here, a COVID house to there, which is another COVID house where my mum's got it and she's just roaming free because everyone else in that house has had it within the last month. Um, also, it's not actually against the law to do anything like this now. So just, you know. I'm yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say that um, we've been quite safe over the last week anyway. Like, yeah. in terms of no one's left, no one has left the house. Apart from free Phoebe, who has tested negative multiple times and doesn't feel ill at all. Yeah. Um, and she's only gone out, still with a mask, only when necessary to bring food back to the house. Yeah. And other than that, this house has been on but, lockdown. But when I was in my car, everything smelled weird. Mm. And then, I, and, and, and it's like, so it continued. Like the car, which I hadn't been in all week. So that's how you smelled, know it's you. So, so that's how I know there's something, something wrong with, with my nose. Mm. <laughs> all my sense. So I hope that doesn't last long. Um, fingers crossed but yeah no i've just i've just not had the energy to do anything i i 
I did edit together the Among Us video where you played you for did. me. You did. That was good fun. Well, I say I edited it together. The wonderful bait Among Us Academy, he, um, he sort of did the... He did most of the legwork for me, to be honest. He took all the different perspectives, put it together in a video, and the video was 16 minutes long when I got it. And I watched it and I was like, that's too long. And I chopped it down and chopped it down until it was like five minutes long. Added some zooms, added some music, that kind of thing. I really enjoyed that. Like watching it back and just kind of the the story that you managed to weave. Uh, Sometimes definitely less is more. And I think with those kinds of things where you can, you want to tell everyone's perspective inside of the story. um, Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what Among Us Academy was trying to do initially. He was trying to, I guess he, he took the video and he thought, right, I want to try and, obviously have the, the Toby playing for Dan thing, but also have the whole story of, of what happened in the game. And I watched it back and I was kind of like, it's just too long and it's a bit boring. Like, mm. I don't think really for, I, I don't think it works as a video, but telling the story of you playing as me and them not realizing it, that core concept does work as you a know, video. You know, I think that's what editing Among Us games together, where it really works, is because yeah. you've got eight, 10 players, I don't know, you're 10 players, and each of them is going to say something interesting throughout around before a meeting and so you just take that one interesting moment from each thing stitch it together but then also prioritize one story at the core of it me playing as you in this instance yeah make that 80 percent of it so there's like that's the main story and then we get to know our little side characters and that stuff can happen so naturally in among us just because of the nature of having 10 people playing at once. Yeah. Um, and all, all I think you've got to do is just pick that. What's the one core narrative at the center. Yeah. And focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and it's hard. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really difficult because, uh, and it's almost, it almost does feel like a two person job because for me, I, and I, I, I was messaging bait about among us Academy about this literally today. He messaged me and he said, uh, read the messages. Bro, your version, because I, I messaged him before being like, hey, thanks so much for putting this together. I hope you don't mind. I, I'm going to recut it myself and then probably upload a different version. Um, but your hard work's extremely helpful. And he replied today saying, bro, your version looks amazing. Clearly you're an actual editor and not an imposter like yeah. me. Oh. I'm very formulaic in how I edit with basic cuts and syncing audios, which gets the point across. But I absolutely love the music transitions. I need to learn how to do that sometime. Um, it's just that my skills are enough at the moment. So there's no push to improve until I see what you've done. Uh, that's a, firstly a really sweet message that's and, really and sweet. secondly it had me thinking like that it's crazy because the part that he he said that he does do the part where you know putting the perspectives together syncing the audio that's the stuff i can't stand to me yeah. that's like really boring dull busy work yeah the part that i did on that video the the chopping it down so it's really small and the adding the zooms and adding sound effects and adding music to me that's the creative side and that's yeah. the fun part whereas trolling through twitch streams and getting the footage and doing the sort of logistical part of of actually getting the clips and putting them together i hate that do you know that's something that when i because I, I work with editors um and have done since 2018 and that's something that like i had to get over quite quickly and that i try and encourage my youtube friends to get over is this feeling of like when it comes to editing people oh, you know i'll lose the video will lose my identity yeah um that element of it the just cutting together syncing audio getting out the bits where you're coughing or me anyone can do it yeah anyone it's just, can it's do just it busy work i mean yeah you, you take know. a little bit of learning to know oh, absolutely to anyone who knows the software can do that stuff let someone else do that and watch them as they put in their own creative flair as well be amazed by that be inspired by that but then if there's something that you're like oh, there should be a zoom in there or there should be like this funny joke or gag or moment, 
you can ask the editor to do that and then yeah. they get to know what you like and um you can have that kind of creative process is sort of the the creative bit is almost the the second wave of the edit you know but that that monotonous bit i hate it when we were at uni we learned about i think it was offline and online editing yeah where and i can't remember why it was called offline and online editing but the offline edit was the the original cut and the sort of stitching it together yeah and that because that, that they were two different jobs right offline editors and online editors and the online edit would be special effects color grading that part and i always found that my part assumption more about the name and i could be talking completely out my bottom here is that offline is something you can do literally offline with the footage mm-hmm. and then online is doesn't the don't these other departments use proxy files and yeah i think i think it's, or cloud-based editing. yeah i think it is something like that something yeah. because lines, i guess stitching together the original video maybe if you're if you're and i'm not talking about a youtube video here i'm talking about like a documentary yeah, yeah if yeah. it's like a you've got like 20 hours of footage yeah you, th- that's going to be a lot of gigabytes or terabytes maybe even yeah. of footage that you need to edit which is obviously why you have to do it offline and then with the i guess with the with the, the final cut <laughs> never been editing oh, with, with, the, with the final cut you can then take that and upload yeah. it to servers because the file size is smaller and then yeah. I guess other special effects to that. But um, yeah, we don't really. I mean, certainly at the level that I work at on YouTube, we don't really work with proxy files so much. It is literally a case of I f- film and record my audio, shoot it up to Google Drive, send the link to the editor. Editor downloads those files as they are, and then they'll just cut away and do their thing. And that's funny because yeah. I use proxy files for everything I edit. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> I have this obsession with working with 4K. Ah, and bigger yeah. and bigger files and uh if you literally if you make a proxy file out of it it takes maybe an hour if i like film a full video and i've also got game gameplay that's also 4k uh-huh. i can then leave my pc make it the box files go away for an hour come back and the editing software is so much faster oh yeah it's, it's like it's so noticeable it'll go from like if i'm actually mm. editing 4k footage i'll hit the space bar to pause yeah and it'll like have like a second and a half and then it'll pause Whereas, like, if I'm playing with proxy files, it's instant. I so. need to... I, I'm going to ask my editors that work with how they how they do it. Because uh, maybe, for all I know, maybe they're doing it that way. Oh, maybe. Um, maybe. They could well be the case. Um, but It's it. amazing to me how... Um, how many resources editing softwares take? Because my PC is pretty beastly. Yeah. I can... Like, I, it's, it's like a year and a half old now, sure. But it's got a 3090 in it. It's got whatever the top processor was at that time. Or one of. Not the top, because we're talking, like... Yeah, bread ripper like thousands and thousands of but like the top consumer one and uh like still editing using adobe after effects like yeah it really slows everything down it's do you crazy. know something that's always amazed me is um we've talked about this before you'll render stuff out of after effects or, or, or premiere and it can sometimes take you 40 minutes an hour whatever i don't know what it is that i'm not doing on my end and i don't render out a lot anymore but um personally <laughs> But I'm just like, I don't ever have that experience. Like the other day I had an After Effects project that was, it's about 20 seconds long and it took 20 minutes to render out. And to me that felt exceptionally long. And I was like, something needs to change about this. I'm confused. Why is it taking so long? And my editor had to explain to me, no, that's pretty typical. I guess I've been getting lucky the last five years. I don't know. Yeah, really odd. Um, I guess so. I guess you're just not doing anything that's... That's that, that demanding. I noticed that as soon as I uh, as soon as I press the 3D button on After Effects, oh yeah, which I'm not doing any like complicated 3D stuff. I just like if I just want 
the perspective of text to maybe rotate in a way that isn't sure. that you know i want it to sort of rotate using the z-axis and uh, just just doing that just doing that uh like dramatically increases the amount of time it takes to mm. to render out a video in after effects well um yeah i hate updating these softwares as well is it automatic after it after X just asked me about an update about a week ago it didn't do it automatically oh and i um i clicked it and my exporting process changed slightly just slightly just oh. the buttons <laughs> have moved around and then this happened to be the export that took 20 minutes and so i'm i'm very like anti-update and i spoke to my editors and they're like yeah we we hate it when adobe updates stuff because then we've got to relearn it and it just gets in the way of the workflow but realistically you're probably better off updating and learning it it's just that's not always great when it happens in the middle of a work week how many shortcuts do you use obviously you don't do the majority of your editing but i know that you do yeah no i mean not a lot like cut <laughs> cutting basically. really i don't i don't have i don't use a lot of shortcuts no huh oh interesting because I, I feel like I'm using them constantly. Really? I really, I, I took it very seriously when at uni we were always told the best type of editors don't, use the, don't use the mouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just, I always took that very seriously. And, and I, I try when I'm editing to, to do it all on keyboard. Um, no, I definitely am using my mouse. Some, oh, yeah, sometimes it's helpful and works really yeah. well. One of the best, I remember <laughs> getting really confused at uni about something. Okay. This is a stupid story. And sorry to anyone that's never done any video editing that's not going to find this interesting. This is like a very but... niche video editing podcast right now. At the moment. Um, right, okay. So, do you know what W and Q do when you're editing? I'm guessing not, because you don't know, like, when you're playing a video game, you don't know what yeah, controls This is do. what's happening to my brain. I, If I was sitting in front of the keyboard with the app open, I would know. But right now, no, I don't think I could tell you what W and Q do. <laughs> Okay, well, you type Q and it, it types the letter Q, and you type W and it types. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so Q is delete everything in the current clip before where your where your cursor is. Okay. Uh, and like it also ripple deletes it. So like. Okay. Um, if you like, I, it's trying to describe this in words is difficult. Yeah. If you had filming a video uh-huh. and uh, you added a cut, and then there was a few seconds before you started talking again. You would go to just before you start talking again and you'd hit Q and it would delete all the, the silent bit and it would move everything forward. So that sounds really useful. Okay. Yeah, it's just one, one button press. And W does the same thing, but deleting the end of the clip, right, not the sure. beginning. Now, I learned that at uni and uh, I had a, not an argument with a lecturer, but I was just really confused because his wording that, to, to describe what Q and W did was it deletes everything before where the, where the cursor is or deletes everything after where the cursor is. He never really made it clear that he meant everything in the current clip before yes. and after. So I was like, but why would you want to delete everything before where the cursor is? And he's like, and he was just like, oh, I mean, you make mistakes when you're filming, right? Yeah, just delete it. And I'm just like, but why would you want to delete everything? Because I, I thought You're thinking like 30 layers of like yeah, content just, just delete being deleted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just delete literally everything. It's like <laughs> at this moment, this is the start of the entire video and everything else is gone. Oh, I was so confused for the longest time. But no, I use that all the time. Oh, oh. Like literally, yeah, no, super useful. constantly I use Q and W. Well, Q more than W, but yeah, both. We definitely, there, there are definitely things that we got from uni and that th- I feel that we benefited from from like learning that stuff and like the, I was in camera setup earlier and I feel very comfortable setting up 
cameras um, now, um, especially if it's a camera I've used. I feel like I don't. I hate that part. I don't mind it at all. I hated that part. I think it's really straightforward. And lighting as well, I find really straightforward. The other part I hated. I, I at it. uni, I enjoyed the video editing part and hated everything else. Do you know what's I, wild to me now? I'm getting to a point with Photoshop where, um, so the meta for me, for thumbnails that I've learned, is big expressional faces. Um, I'm now like going into, I just did a thumbnail for Zelda The Wind Waker as a, and I wanted Link from that game in it. And so I went into Zelda The Wind Waker I'm like manipulating the time of day to get the right the sun at the right place in the sky so that the lighting on Link's face oh my God. is optimal for me to then take that screenshot from the game to then cut out Link and put him into the thumbnail. Because I'm noticing drastically the uh, and it's like this in Legends Arceus, all the cutscenes that are at night are unusable as a thumbnail because the character's too dark. And I'm like trying to get that perfect position where, okay, if I've got this flame particle effect on this side of the thumbnail, then light is traveling that way. And it's like, that's what I'm thinking about right now. I do love think, it. Do you think with Legends of Ar- Ar- Arceus, is, that, is it Arceus or Arceus? That is a point of debate, but I I've say al- Arc. I've always said Arceus, but I've now noticed you saying Arceus. So I'm- well, Arceus... The my understanding is that Arceus makes more sense because it's like an archangel. It's like that's where the wording comes from. Okay. But like I think they in official canon they've said both, and so you could okay. just pick what you want. Anyway, um, do you think that there's a world in which if if thumbnail was taken at night looked bad, take the photo at night of the background, take the same photo in the day of of, of the same background with a character, and then cut the character out and put it against the dark background so that you've got the character as lit from the day. The oh, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could do that. Is that is that not something people are doing? Or? Yeah, I mean, but not for... I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that in terms of thumbnails right now. Um, and, and to me, it's like, I'm specializing in something ultra niche here. Like, there's yeah. not that many other people out there who have a use for this, you know? I'm looking at... I'm thinking about the sort of photography in video game kind of like machinima aspect of a specific series of games that like no one's no one's thinking about that you know and people for thumbnails i think generally people really underestimate how important thumbnails are or or they don't take the time to think about it with youtube and i'm becoming convinced that like it's almost more important to have a good title and thumbnail than an actual video which is nuts that like Title, th- th- thumbnail, intro, and title. Those are the three elements that I need to constantly get better at because they're always changing. But there are, I think they're the most important elements of a video. The title, first, thumbnail, and intro. By intro, yeah. you mean like the first 30 seconds? Or? Yeah, for, first 10 seconds, really. For, but yeah, for those first 10 seconds, they need to be right. And I don't even know if I'm doing them right. I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can. And then watching back a video and going, is that working for but, me? But then don't you need the next 10 seconds to also be good? And then the next 10 seconds to also sure. be... Sure. I think people make a decision... Because, like, not many people watch a YouTube video and just go, like... um, Like, sit there with it in front, not doing anything else. No. Most people... I mean, certainly my experience is it's on another screen, or I'm playing a game, yeah. or I'm doing the washing up, or cooking food, or whatever... You need about 10 seconds to just convince people to put their phone down, 
leave it on play, <laughs> you know, and then they can get back to whatever other task they're doing. Um, very few videos, I think, unless you're able to produce it again at the level that Mr. Beast does, you're not able to produce content that makes people actually want to like, okay, everyone shut up. We're watching this movie. We're watching this video now. It's not a lot of videos work like that. Do you think... So Netflix isn't like that. Yeah. Right? But do you think there's a world in which YouTube and Netflix become more similar to each other in that respect? Where YouTube becomes more of a, no, I need to sit down and watch this. Or Netflix becomes more of a, no, I'm going to watch this passively. I, I don't think it's a case that like one's going to go one way and one's going to go the other. I just think it's a case that they're both going to they're both going to have content that works well for either. What about TikTok? Because I, I wouldn't say TikTok is a passive watch at oh, all. In the, and yet the type of content that comes on TikTok, you'd think would be more of a passive watch, right? But you have to physically actively TikTok be TikTok defies conventions because when you engage in that piece of content, let's say it's 30 seconds, it's you're not, you, you can't do other stuff in TikTok. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's what you I mean. You just can't. You have to be... And yet... Retention, my my like my brain retaining a TikTok. I've watched thousands of TikToks. I couldn't tell you really about more than like three or four of them. Isn't that wild? And yet I gave it a hundred percent of my attention. I don't know why is that. It's why is that? It's quite concerning, actually. Yeah. It just it's literally just do do you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess you just scary. It's the kind of thing you watch in bed, and you're just sort of your brain's sort of not really switched on, right? Yeah. But that's not to say that, like, there isn't really spectacular TikTok content out there or that it's, like, not incredibly interesting. It is. It just doesn't... It's like it satisfies the, oh, this is really cool element, but doesn't, for some reason, like... It just doesn't stick. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, TikTok... What, what, is, do, you is, I mean, what do you I, think about the Netflix, I, YouTube... Well, you know, I think that thing. TikTok is probably just the most powerful platform nowadays. Yeah. Like it's, and I, I hate that I've only just now started sort of looking at it in a serious way. Sure. But I think that's also just a, a sign of, of learning over time is that like, you hopefully learn, like you come to realize trends faster as you get more experience with this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But like TikTok to me has always just been this annoying thing that people become addicted to and i want to try and avoid becoming addicted mm. to it really because it doesn't look very healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. um for years now i remember like there was that whole thing where it's like is trump gonna ban tiktok and and i, I kind of remember at the time thinking oh i hope so so everyone just shuts up about it but like <laughs> as as time's gone on obviously it's become this powerhouse in media yeah. and I, I wish that i'd taken it seriously sooner honestly well, i was told i remember being told um back in sort of 2015 16 no 17 I was told um, by my friends, you need to get on this Musical.ly. Musical.ly yeah. became TikTok. You need to get on Musical.ly. It's super easy to grow right now. There are, there's so much incentive for, you know, they're, they're trying to onboard everyone. And they really were. They were trying to get everyone on board with it. You know, I'm verified on the platform. A lot of people aren't because I happened to make an account back then. And I went, yeah, you know, give it a, uh, give it a go. And I didn't really put any energy into it um just sort of made my account put it under my usual name um i did make some original content it just wasn't particularly well produced or exciting realistically i, I guess i could have pushed it and it could have been something quite huge but 
at the time, I think I remember feeling like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. If these things are getting a hundred, couple, couple hundred views, couple thousand views, which for any platform starting out is a really good thing. But like, so I guess my question, my thing was, so what? And right. I, I, I sort of feel that right now to an extent. Like last year, uh, Jamal, who will be on the podcast very soon, um, he helped grow my TikTok and helped grow your TikTok. And he got my TikTok to 20,000 followers, which was huge, just re-uploading YouTube content. And then he said, so do you want me to keep going for another month? And uh, we did. And I grew, grew another about 1,000 followers. And then he said, okay, and another month? And I went, no, actually. Because to me, the difference between having 20,000 followers on TikTok and 100,000 followers on TikTok is, so what? Still, I have the platform, but so what, you know? Yeah. Well... At the moment, maybe I'm missing an opportunity here. I mean, didn't they just recently announce or recently start accepting videos up to 10 minutes long? So what? They did. Yes. That's what maybe. So if if TikTok is suddenly taking on YouTube and winning, <laughs> then that, yeah. that's the so what, I guess. There's sort of no reason as well for me to not be uploading. If, do you know what? Jamal mentioned this the other day and it went over my head. I didn't even think... And digest that information. It was in the Devin Nash video. 10 minutes this. long. Yeah. There's a number of my YouTube videos that are 10 minutes long. The issue is, of course, is that the format is incorrect. And I don't know how... However, I've previously been against reformatting a lot of my YouTube videos into TikTok content because it's meant to be experienced in long form. It doesn't make sense for it to be... Like, there are snippets here and there, but they're not, not that many. But yeah. actually, if the point is someone's going to sit and watch a nine-minute video, a ten-minute video, yeah, I should be up... Yeah, I should be re-uploading that stuff. I should talk to Jamal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's really interesting. TikTok, I mean, we've talked about TikTok several times yeah, in this podcast. And to do it's super interesting. And I think one of the best things about TikTok, and one of the reasons so many people have been using it and using it to grow, is that it's so... It is so easy to make high quality stuff on TikTok because all the tools are in the editor. Yeah. I haven't really fiddled with it that much, but the fact that there's a, there's a, you press this button and it's automatic green screen behind you. Yeah. Or you've got like text that shakes and you've got like, it's super easy, but like you don't need to do anything difficult. I've been watching, um, so I was on, a, I was on this, this show last, this, last week, uh, Streamers Decide by Rossi, cool Twitch streamer. A very oh. cool idea for a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I made some, made some friends on it, and I've tried to, you know, keep up with, with what some of the people are doing. One of the one of the uh, one of the girls on on the show, uh, the pizza waffle. Um, she's she's a big TikToker. She's got I, I think one point something million followers on TikTok. So I was I was checking out her. Now I I don't use TikTok really, but I was like, I'll check her out, see what she, see what she does. And I did find myself sitting there just going through all of her TikToks, watching them. It's crazy addictive. And it's it's nothing like spectacular. Like it's not, I'm not trying to diminish. What, wow! I'm not trying to, dis, I'm trying to dis, diminish what she's done. Ooh. What I mean is that there's yeah. there's nothing okay. like spectacularly difficult there. It, it's her. Um, it's her being like just just being very engaging. Yep. Uh, being very uh, being, what's the word? Being quite cute. Yeah. And just sort of and endearing. Okay, um, personable and yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh with you know, with a with a good looking shot, you know, like like she looks good in it, her background looks good in it. Sure. But there's nothing like and then and there's there's pink text that's always the same sort of font, same colour, same style, shakes a little bit. Um and it just it just looks good. It's just good, easy to consume content. And she's not done anything like crazy like groundbreaking, in terms of the, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
I guess I would argue that the groundbreaking part or the creative part is coming up with the concepts and coming up with the formula in the first place yeah. rather than the execution yeah. of the of the content. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I think there's when it comes to groundbreaking content. Um, oh my goodness! Like uh, Freddie Wong's videos have you know explosions and they have they have portals and they have cool special effects stuff. And then we were kind of talking about this on the last podcast with Mike. The as those tools become more accessible, everyone's got explosions, everyone's got portals, yeah. everyone's got this. So the the groundbreaking part is how do I utilize those in a way that is either new or fresh or just lines up with your identity really well and um and my brain just fell over on itself there and just just what yeah. He's he's got COVID, chat. My <laughs> that's the excuse. My brain just completely flatlined. So you're testing negative now, and I'm still not. I'm not yeah, happy I'm about still it. a bit brain foggy. Yeah, clearly, um, we were going to loop back at some point um, to how we spent our weeks, and I wanted to. Well, yeah, like I said, I spent mine in bed. You've spent yours playing Yu-Gi-Oh for God knows what reason. Okay, and, uh... okay, okay, okay. So I've told you before, uh, and I'm sort of doing this more for the listeners' benefit. I like, I don't like getting ill, but when I get ill, I like that it becomes an opportunity to, to ch like change the way that I'm working for a week. So normally it's like, here's my excessively long to-do list of tasks that ultimately the world wouldn't end if I don't finish them this week, but why not finish them this week? Because the week is upon us and I need to get stuff done and that's how I operate. Um, and suddenly I get ill and I go, oh, I guess clear my schedule apart from the absolutely most important things i have a very open week okay um well i feel rubbish so i guess i will play some video games i get to spend some time like this week i've spent i spent probably about two hours playing resident evil and then playing Yu-Gi-Oh, and then playing two hours uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh, huh yeah actually probably play, just in terms of Master Duel, yeah. Um, you know, and then two hours playing Last of Us. Probably a bit longer than that, actually. Probably more like four. But and then watching a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh! And then watching some Birdman, the movie. And then, like... And just kind of jumping between these things. Um, in this way that, like... I otherwise just would not give myself time to do. Because it sounds like a complete waste of time. And then, you know, going into my office. And, yeah, playing with Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. And, like, you know, getting them out and making decks. And... I'm just having Look, a moment right now. Look, I can't, I can't okay. judge because I have spent a lot of my time in the last week watching something I would absolutely never have usually looked at watching at all. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, I watched season two of Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, okay. Do you, do you know what Love is Blind is? I assume blind dates. <laughs> so, I, and I've been told about this before and I've been sort of like, what? That sounds so stupid. Okay, so... The concept of love is blind. Uh -huh. There's 15 guys and 15 girls and they go on dates, but they go into these pods where they can't see the person they're dating. Okay. Um, so they're just sort of talking through a microphone into the next, into the next room. And they go on all these dates and the first two or three episodes is sort of like showing some of these dates, but it only really focuses on like six of the guys and six of the girls who end up as a couple. But the, the catch of the show is that at the end of the dates in the pod, they have to, if they want to pursue a relationship, they have to get down on one knee and propose to the person okay. before they've seen them. 
Um, and then there's like this big reveal where it's like, okay, it's it's time, it's time to I'm meeting my partner now. Oh, and then the doors open. Yeah, and they, yeah. They yeah, go yeah to a few each clips other. of that. And it's like, and then and then they just have to go on holiday together, and then they have to move in together, and then like a month later, a month after the whole process started, they're meant to get married. And there's this moment where it's like they're at the altar, and it's like now you make your decision, do you or don't you? And uh, some of the couples do end up getting married, and some of the couples don't end up getting married. People actually get married, like legally. Yeah, legally married on the show. Um, and then and then there was the uh, there was the reunion, Ooh. which was like months later, where all of the guys come back together and the married couples are still married and still together and like in coordinating Honestly, and stuff. if it works it works like great but i've been watching that i was watching it at like three in the morning because i just couldn't sleep because i've been sleeping all day and it's like oh i don't want to get out of bed but Look, my brain's not working what am i i'll watch this trash no okay? one's and then... <laughs> gonna judge you for watching something that's like bringing you some joy and some pleasure and whatever i don't know if it goes far as the... joy okay i did well, get quite gripped on it though <laughs> I think I think the reason you judge me for Yu-Gi-Oh is because I actively whine about it all the time, <laughs> and then I'm there playing with the cards and like buying cards and watching the show, and you're just like, do you? It, it it's like I'm going on a date with someone that I hate repeatedly, and then I mean, coming back. Whoa, 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 whoa. Phoebe watches this, you know. Like, come on. I'm going on, and I'm it, you know constantly complaining, and then you're like, are you gonna see her again? And I'm like, yeah, she's nice. <laughs> That's like me in Yu-Gi-Oh. I think I think the reason I I I'm so surprised that you're still so into Yu-Gi-Oh is just because I think there are a lot of better options out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do not think that for a, a second that I'm sure that if I took the time to get invested in Hearthstone, I'd prefer Hearthstone to to, to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh as a franchise though is hardwired into my brain because it's like I. I it's just one of it's the same as Pokemon. Like right. it just got me at that right age. I'm interested. There's a feeling that is involved with playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Where it's you know I've the my back's up against the wall and I've summoned my boss monster and we've we've had those games and it's like it's chasing that feeling and I, there's a frustration that whenever I go go to play the actual the card game as it is now that it's not the experience that I want back in my day. And I can't really, you know, I complain about it. And then, you know, lots of people go, oh yeah, I agree. And then lots of people go, oh, you're, you sound like such a Gen 1 Pokemon. It was fair enough. You know, they're probably really enjoying the game and having those experiences now. So, but I'm almost more interested in like, or obsessed it seems, with trying to make Yu-Gi-Oh just work and give me those nostalgic feelings as opposed to trying something new. Right. Which, in theory, I should just try something new. Yeah. Because I'm sure I'd find a lot of joy in it. But... Well, you will do what you will do. I will, do I will, I will say, time. when you're ill, probably not the time to try something new. Yeah, it's you, true. Your brain's, if your brain's not working well, I, properly... I don't know why Hearthstone didn't hit for me. Like, I, I think a big part of it is, as well, the characters of the card game. Like, it's mechanically, a better card game is a better card game. Doesn't For me, it doesn't... I'm interested in Yu-Gi-Oh because I like the characters on the cards. I'm interested in Pokemon because I like the characters that's, on the cards. See, that's fascinating. And that's why I know we like, differ. To me, it's kind of like, why why even bother playing the game then? Like, if you're not playing the game for the game... It's just another way of playing with those characters. Yeah, I just find that really odd. I know. That's, yeah. I, 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 it's just a fundamental, I think, difference. But I, underst I understand that that's where I'm 
I'm coming from, even though there are probably half a dozen card games out there that the gameplay is just there's better, so, there's so more many satisfying. Nowadays, yeah. You know, like when I'm even down to like uh, Slay the Spire, which is the solo card game, oh, so you know, good. so much fun. The card game is satisfying, which really, really helps. But also, I like the characters. I like choosing mm-hmm. this character because they're this character and not so much that character because they're just a random sword guy. Sure. You know, um, and there's something about that. I think a game really requires that first. And for Hearthstone, uh, for Hearthstone, there was an element to that. Like, I definitely had, like, I preferred the mages. I thought they were really what, cool. What, what got me um, about Hearthstone in that respect isn't even so much the World of Warcraft nostalgia, although yeah. there was a tiny bit of that. It's more the fact that every single card is, like, fully voice acted and everything. Like, to yeah, me, it's, it's, really cool. it's the polish that the game had that's like, yeah. wow, okay, this is... That's what gripped me in the first place. Yeah. This is back in 2013. Like, it's... And it still stands up today. That's the crazy part. Now, yeah. I don't want to sit here and... Compliment Hearthstone all day. It's got its problems, but um, Blizzard sure, has yeah, its yeah. problems. Although I've got some good friends that still work there who, you know, are great. Um, but I do, I just, you know, there. Are, I think there's a lot of alternatives to you, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. maybe hope, maybe someday you'll, you'll... I, I think we had, a, my friend Josh was over um, uh, a couple weeks ago and we were just playing with like, I said, this is ridiculous, you know, we keep on looking at the modern meta and trying to work out what we're going to play. I've got this box of old cards that are the kind of things we would have played with in, like, I don't know, like 2010. Um, and it's, you know, his Chaos Sorcerer and Magician Black Chaos and Dark Magician and Blue Eyes and Karibo. And I said, here's a big box, set a timer, four minutes, go, pick up as much as you can, let's make a deck. And we just made decks um, with these generic anime cards and we had dual and it wasn't the fastest game in the world, but it was it was fun. It was really fun to see those things. And, you know, when my opponent goes, ah, here's Blue Eyes White Dragon. It's like, oh, this is cool. I know what that means. I wish it wasn't Blue Eyes every time. I wish that, you know, there are other older boss monsters. Um, and uh, I like that feeling of, like, playing against someone and they've just summoned or, or played a creature. And we both know that, uh-oh, we're in trouble unless I sort of find a magical way out of this and then having that clutch way out of it which realistically mon- modern day Yu-Gi-Oh doesn't doesn't do that right. for me it's it, it plays differently it's just about jamming as many monsters onto the board in the first turn as you possibly yeah, can yeah right? Yu-Gi-Oh at the moment is very much like how many cards can I have out that allow me to negate the activation of my opponent's cards so that when it comes to to turn two and it's their turn they just can't play anything and so as a result in response to that you need to have hand traps which negates what the opponent does before and actually you're playing so much of the game i actually think before you hit the board i actually think the biggest thing that modern card games do that i was gonna say magic but no even magic didn't didn't have have this I think the biggest thing that Hearthstone did first that, that modern, a lot of modern card games have adopted that just improves it drastically mm. is it takes away the ability for you to interact on your opponent's turn. Your opponent's turn is their turn. I like that. You cannot interact. You just like sit and you lot. watch. And then they end your turn, their turn, and then it's your turn. For me, one of the things that puts me off playing the Yu-Gi-Oh games nowadays is like you do something and then you have to wait for your opponent, opponent to decide to whether they want to respond. And then you do something again and you have to wait for your opponent. Yes. To and that's just over and over and over again. I agree. And there was like a time where 
there was a time where that was a novelty. Like, I feel like it was really rare that there would be a card that you'd... I mean, there was always trap cards that you could activate yeah. at any time. And there was a point of calling them traps. They can You can activate them on your opponent's turn. That's really wild. And that's what makes them... You know, that's the sort of powerful side of them. Um... And then it was like a real novelty where I was like, okay, I'm going to attack you. And then you're like, here's Tragodia, this monster that I can summon from my hand yeah. in your turn. It's like, whoa. Effect Veiler, is that like... As a result of... And here's where yu gi has gone wrong. Power Creep is in every card game. And <clears throat> for a lot of card games, that looks like the attack and defense power getting a lot, lot stronger. Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't do that. 3,000 attack is still 3,000 attack. It's still a respectable amount and it's really, really strong. As a result, the effects have to become more elaborate. They have to become more ridiculous and elaborate and exciting. And because Yu-Gi-Oh's pool of cards is the entire history of the card game, Pokemon does rotations. You can only use the last four or five sets. Um, Hearthstone has seasons of play, right? Um, Where it limits the pools of cards. The power creep in terms of effects is actually so much worse than the power creep in terms of just attack and defense strength. Um, with Pokemon, the HP has gone up very, very slowly, but all of the other cards in the format that you're playing with are relative to that, so it actually just doesn't matter, you know. I think I think that the again the the taking away the ability to interact on your opponent's turn, and also the yeah. just simplifying what a turn is. So like yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, you've got your what is it? Hang on, let me try and get this right in my head. It's been a while. Okay, is it standby phase yep. draw phase main phase one battle phase main phase two end phase yes right? that's correct six phases in a turn of Yu-Gi-Oh yep. main phase one is everything you do before you battle battle phase is you're attacking and then main phase two is everything you do yep. after the but like again in a, in a more modern game like Hearthstone it's like your turn is your turn you, draw a card, you start your turn by drawing a card yep. then you do whatever you want you can attack then you can play uh, a different creature mm-hmm. then you can attack with this creature then you could cast a spell then you can attack with this mm-hmm. creature in any order you want and it doesn't matter because your opponent can't interact with you anyway so it yeah. doesn't like there's no it just removes a lot of the complication of who's allowed to do what and, and that's when. not to say because i think there might be people who would hear that and go oh yeah but like gosh that sounds so simple maybe it's too boring i don't know and it's not that card games can't be more complicated but the the fact that every single card can be interacted with by any card from the history yeah. of the card game through multiple phases it, it's far too much to and, be and there it's not friendly it's not that there's not traps there's secrets but secrets activate automatically you don't choose when they activate as soon as the criteria is met it just triggers and does its thing right so there's no again there's no waiting for your opponent to decide if they want to do this if they don't want to something do else this. i really like about hearthstone and pokemon that you doesn't do is limited resource yeah. you've got mana yeah. You gain one mana each turn. And I love that it also starts slow and builds up. And, you know, you can use your mana pool per turn. Yeah, with Pokemon, with Pokemon it's energy, one right? energy a turn. Yeah. You don't get more than that. Yu-Gi-Oh, there is no limitation. Yeah. Other than really the cards, but every card game has that. You know, you draw your cards and the, there is no limitation. Well, there's a limitation to normal summons, right? right. You get but one. no one does that. There, People don't know. I mean, there. Is, okay, of course you use your normal summon in the turn, but nothing's built around that. Everything's built around special summoning. You know, um, gosh, if bringing a monster out from the extra deck was a normal summon, that would literally just change the game so drastically. But the the fact that there's no limitation on special summoning, it's just, it's too much. They could literally... It's overwhelming. They could literally take mana from games like Hearthstone and Magic, etc. Oh, with Magic, it's 
with magic it's not even ma mana it's it's actually you have to play a card to gain the mana it's a little bit like pokemon oh that's right you got your land yeah land yeah that's right um but they can literally in Yu-Gi-Oh make it so that on your first turn mm. you're allowed one special summon on your second turn you're allowed up to two special summons on your third turn you're allowed up to three special they could literally build yeah. the game like that and then and, and people will argue that that would make the game slow which i'd argue is a good thing because i've never had more fun playing Yu-Gi-Oh than with you the long drawn out game the long drawn out <laughs> games where it's your turn i'm getting beat my back's up against the wall i've got one draw and I, oh yes, and I make it count, and I turn the tide of the game. Somehow, this right combination of cards allows me to wipe your board, leaves me with one monster. I'm in advantage. I have board control. You draw a card. It gives you back that board control. And we yeah. do that, and we do sort of maybe six or seven turns back and forth, just chipping away at each other, dealing with each other's resources until the last person is standing with the best deck built. That's so much fun. I love it. With all of that being said, I haven't played regular standard constructed hearthstone in about two years i only oh, yeah? play i only play hearthstone battlegrounds now which is a totally different type of game um in yes. my opinion it's better <laughs> sure. at least at the moment but for many reasons including the like a it's free mm. you don't need to own any cards because it's all sort of packed in as part of it and b i just think the that the the gameplay is more um interesting nowadays would you do you think you'd enjoy the pokemon card game yeah baby i don't see why not i think it, i i I genuinely think it's a good card game. I don't... I just don't really have any... Um, real reason to want to play it. Sure. Because, like, again, with, with Hearthstone, whether I was playing Constructed or Battlegrounds, hmm. there's this rating system, there's yeah. all the leaderboards online. You know, it's a game that... that I've still got friends that play it. Yeah, so, like, A yeah. lot of friends and people that have played it. I can jump in, I can try to climb up the ranks and that kind of thing. Whereas I don't know that... If Pokemon released a game that was the same quality as the Yu-Gi-Oh game that just came out, oh yeah, I'd probably give it a go. They've just updated finally TCGO. It's now Pokemon Live, uh -huh. um, or it might be coming up. Actually, I'm not really sure when it's happened. I think it's happened. Um, yeah, and I mean TCGO certainly was not the quality of Hearthstone. It's not the quality. It doesn't have the polish that well, Marvel I mean, has. Funnily enough, it's one of the reasons I got into Hearthstone because after, when I was going through the whole Yu-Gi-Oh phase of where I was addicted to that year when I was younger, I was playing. Dueling Network or Dueling Book or whatever it was yeah. all the time. And then I tried out Pokemon. It was like, it felt so dreadful to play. And then funky. I discovered Hearthstone. It's like, oh my God, this is like a proper triple A title. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's the same. The game is the right yeah. quality. The, the, the visuals and the sound is, oh my God, this is like one I of the do, best games I've played. I, I do like the Pokemon and you go, you have physical cards. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that element. Hearthstone's so smart though in that like, the ability to summon one mech and it's like a random mech in the game it just chooses oh, one for yeah, you those yeah. kinds of effects yeah you can't do that with a real card yeah. game and i've always thought that's really fantastic especially the the discover mechanic which is one of the things that they introduced like in maybe the second or third year of hearthstone that's stuck yeah. and become like something that's in pretty what much every do? deck well discover is where it, it will say discover a mech for example right. And it will give you the choice between three completely at random. And you oh, can choose one. Yes, yes, but it's, yes, there's yes. so many. There's discover a one cost spell, discover a shaman spell, discover a. Yeah. You know, just any, any, discover a choose one spell. Like any, yeah. any of these things. And the thing that people love about discover is that it removes a little bit of the RNG. There's still RNG, but it's about sure. making the best of it and choosing the best one for the current situation. And it's one that of the. Again, RNG in games 
a lot of people think as soon as you add any element of RNG, it's like, oh, it just takes away from... But again, Hearthstone Battlegrounds is pretty much just RNG. But a lot of people say it's even more skill-dependent than regular Hearthstone because it's about learning the game well enough to know which is the best decision at all times. Yeah, it, it really depends... It depends on what you're playing. Like, um, I, I've, you know, uh, my friend Joe, he, he'd say, um, Smash Bros, all items on. And you go, what? And he go, well, you know, it's random. And you no. getting good, being good is about how you deal with there's, those random situations. There's good RNG and there's bad RNG, right? Like even in yeah. Hearthstone, I mean, an example of, uh, of RNG that was considered quite bad early on was, uh, was like Mad Bomber, which you play it and then it deals one damage at random to three characters could be your own hero could be enemy hero could be your own minions could be the enemy minions like that's kind of bad rng because or or anything that you play in it like completely determine the outcome of the game immediately without anyone having any input it's those small random decisions where it's like if i play this i could get this card that wins me the game if i don't play this i'm screwed and that's that's kind of thing like i i I think there are some items in smash bros like say the smash ball which yeah, okay, it drops on the field yeah, and the, people have to fight over it and that makes sense. But when it's just like, have a hammer and it's, po- oh, it fell Pokeball, on your side. Pokeballs and assist trophies are the worst. Yeah, Pokeballs. Which obviously when you're young, they're really exciting. Yeah, oh yeah, I loved it back in the day. I don't not enjoy seeing those things and I'm always up for a game of Smash where it's like, okay, all items on, all items high, whatever, fine, or a big Pokemon battle, whatever. That's, that's fun for five to ten minutes. But like, if we're actually talking about a game that you would want to spend thousands of hours playing and hundreds of hours playing and and, and uh, rank up and get good in. No, I like no. You you want that you cut. It would be frustrating. It would. It's just frustrating. It's the difference between something that would say like this. This item in Smash is basically flip a coin. If heads, you win the game. If tails, your opponent wins the game. That's obviously bad RNG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, that's where it meets. But yeah, that's uh, wow. That ends up being a bit of a tangent because what I wanted to talk about was your work-life balance. <laughs> oh yeah, well Yu-Gi-Oh ended up being a nice little escapism for me, and um, and I, what I, it's not that I haven't worked over the last five days. I've actually worked on a fair amount of things, but just in being ill, it forces me to. Okay, clear the calendar, push it back a week. What are we doing this week? Okay, well, nothing. You're resting. I get to do these things I wouldn't otherwise get to do. And then eventually what happens is I've played five hours of games that I'm not really, like, invested in any, any of them. And I plod along to the office. Okay, well, I'll make some thumbnails or I'll script something or whatever. And so I still get my, you know, I get work done that would need to get done anyway. Um, a little bit less of it, but just... For, because I know this isn't permanent, it's like, okay, this is my week. I think I've probably got another day left in me of this kind of working. and I think... It, <clears throat> it, it, it refreshes me. You you said in the Instagram thing that, that it's unhealthy and something that you think you need to deal with, the sort of work-life balance thing. And I... Sorry, I realised that may have just been a close friends thing. Sorry if that was... <laughs> it was, but it's okay. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's I figure right. it's No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'm um, a bit of a workaholic and I think it's, I, it, it can be unhealthy, yeah. I, from my perspective, the only time I think that it's sometimes bad from you is if, like, you're, like, socialising with people in an evening. And then it's like 10 p.m. or whatever. And you're right, I need to get off and go do some work. And it's like, no, you don't. It's 10 o'clock at night. Right. 
That's that's the. But, but what's that got to do with anything? Other <laughs> other than that, yeah, I don't think that that you're too bad for it. Like you I, find time to you do find time to chill and, and enjoy doing do, stuff that you want to do. I do. I think I'm like I'm constantly aware of the to do list. Mm-hmm. I'm all because it's how I've managed to find success is through having a to do list on my phone. I'm always going to and referring to like multiple times a day this is what i should be doing now this is what i've got coming up this is what's going to be happening tomorrow and um being able to just stay on top of literally any task that comes into my brain do the bins do the do the washing up do the you know these things that need to get done and it allows me to do that i'm this week has been blissful because i've said there doesn't matter there is no to-do list you know not really there's like yeah one thing every day or two things every day but there's really it doesn't matter. Nothing seems to matter. And I definitely couldn't live my whole life like that. But the issue is that, yes, I find time to relax, but it's almost, it's scheduled. It's part of the, it's part of the to-do <laughs> right, list. Right. It's got hold of me. And I think where I struggle is like, we have a house now. Everything's okay. There's no, nothing that needs addressing immediately. You know, we've got time to hang out. We've got time to do stuff, to play games. Phoebe's here, relationships are good, friendships are good, everything's okay. So I need to, I want to enjoy it. You know, I just want to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the, and be in the moment and be present in the moment. And um, it's like you say, when, when I'm online and I'm like, it's like 10 p.m. and it's like, we could be hanging with friends. And it's like, oh, is this a productive use of my time? Just stop it. I need to yeah. be in the moment. Just chill out. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, okay. But, but that's, again, from my perspective, you know? that's the only at least from what I've noticed, I think that's the only yes. time where oh, it right. seems it's... like your work-life balance is, is a little bit skewed. Uh, because, I mean, it's something I've worked on. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, um, I've, had, I've been through lots of, of, of different phases in sort of my work uh-huh. life. In that when I was at uni, it was, it was nonstop. I was at uni and then I was streaming in the evening and I never had any social time to do anything. Yeah. Then I started casting and then the casting started to get successful and I stopped streaming. And at that point, my work-life balance flipped where it's like, I spent a lot of time just doing nothing, just mm-hmm. like chilling, playing video games and not, not worrying too much about mm-hmm. it because I knew it was like, next week I'm going to be in Poland or in yeah, whatever country, yeah, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, and I'm going to be working really hard. So I, this, this time is chill. And that was probably one of my favorite things about when I was working full-time as a caster and host. Yeah. It's that like I had scheduled work time and scheduled not work time and it was super easy for right, me to sure. stay on top of that obviously when i was at home i had to do prep work but like other but that wasn't like this constant thing yeah yeah, yeah, felt yeah. Like I, I was able to to sort of work as i as i pleased then I've, of course i started streaming again uh in 2020 and i went very full on again i was working yeah. pretty much constantly and the same in early 2021 with the among us blow up i started working constantly and now i'm i'm since I reckon about mid 2021, I've been making more of a concerted effort to to not do that. To okay, mm. I don't want to work right now. I'm chilling. That's fine. The problem with that for me, although I can be really proud and smug about the fact that I feel like my work life balance is a little bit better, is that it's not working. It's the it's the everything is the stream has fallen apart. Sure. The casting work stopped, and it's like, what does that reinforce in my head other than? you shouldn't be allowing yourself time to chill you should be well sure. and then i run the risk of falling back into that trap and just descending into madness as yeah. i keep trying to sort of patch up holes it's, and fix it's hard and... this is i mean this is the thing about being self-employed isn't it it's this is the 
the the trade-off is you don't get security you don't get money mm-hmm. security and you don't get a boss telling you well then you did a good job and this is your job for the day yeah what you do get is complete freedom to do what you want to do yeah um and that's the trade um i think for me it's it's more the it's less the because i think you're right like I, I have enough time in the day where i'm chilling out but it's it's the mentality of the great to-do list is there in my head and it's been both the thing of my success but also it's a point of frustration that well well done you've worked really hard and you've got all of these lovely things you can't really enjoy any of it though because you've got more to do and it's like being aware of that is something that that's that's the thing i need to tackle it's really my relationship to the way that i work is there a way you can just cut down the to-do list a little bit just just schedule fewer things in a week but why would i because i have x amount of hours in a day that's the thinking like why would i i've got x amount of hours in a day why not just do that today if i can do it today but that's the thinking that you accept is is yes. not is not good right but well, it's not, is, not healthy i it, guess yeah it's way. not maybe not healthy not, not good, but, but it's also like been responsible for me every everything's going well right now like so everything's going well so why would i mess with the methodology that makes everything go well <laughs> sure. it's, it's difficult it's like what do yeah. you do with that i don't know um yeah and i mean in terms of you i don't know i, I don't know what you do I just, you, yeah i don't i think the one thing i don't want to do is descend into that madness of i need to work constantly to try yeah because it's not how it's it's if like right now everything's going well and I, so i feel rewarded and justified in that sort of madness if i was in your position where you're feeling like everything's going kind of going wrong and it's not where it should be you run the risk of ramming your head into a wall a thousand times yeah. and do you know stephen bridges once said something really interesting to me which was um you should focus he said you should spend x amount of hours a week working and X amount of hours a week working out how to work. And I remember being like, that was really Okay, what does big. that mean then? He was sort of implying that <clears throat> if something's not going right for you, and like, let's say it's the stream, um, and you're, or, or maybe the podcast isn't going well, I don't know. And you could you could keep working at that thing a thousand percent, um, but if it's not working, it's not working, and you're just like them ramming your head against the wall you should take a little bit of time every every week or every day to reassess that yes you should be spending all your hours working but are you spending them in the kind of the correct way yeah you know could you be spending them okay maybe you need to be streaming less hours and making more content maybe you need to be scheduling in a break time and maybe you need to be um making content but stop making it this way because you're wasting so much time by doing it this way actually you could be doing it this way yeah and then you just kind of get better at everything just spend time working out how to work that makes sense you know? that makes sense <clears throat> i mean um, i've always i've always liked the philosophy of of work work smart not hard yeah right yeah and i feel like as a streamer you can't do that because you have to work the hours at the end of the day you have to to be live for those hours so so you kind of have to work whereas was again as a caster as a host like i felt like i was working smart and not working hard i was certainly earning more money doing that too so um and that's the kind of i guess that's the sort of silver lining for me and the reason i don't feel forced into 
oh God, oh God, I've got to work, I've got to work, I've got to keep working, I've got to keep mm. working until things get right. I need to need to fix this, I need mm. to fix it right now because I've, I have got money behind me. You know? Yeah. It's not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no like disaster, disaster looming. there looming over, you know, I'm not going to suddenly not be able to pay the mortgage. Um, but it is stressful. Yeah. Um, and I think content creation in general is, is, is very stressful. Um, I want to watch Devin Nash's video that he just... We'll, really, we'll watch it after this. We just, we just saw the thumbnail just before going live. Which was uh, what was where Twitch went wrong, or the downfall yeah, of Twitch, yeah, or yeah. something. It's like, ah, it looks like it's going to be a good one. Do you know what's funny about this is I definitely remember a time at uni thinking, and even my, my first year or so doing YouTube, where I thought, "Wow, I'm really lucky that I get to be so lazy," and that I like I thought that like I don't work much, and it's it's weird to there was a turning point. I don't know, maybe two years ago, where I just went. Man, I work long hours. I work really long hours. This is really stressful. And I think so much of that came from the from the justification of like first of all, there was like hustle culture is like totally a thing. Like hustle hard, get that bank, earn it, be an entrepreneur, do your thing. That's a huge thing. And yeah. like I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm almost mocking it as I'm saying it, but it's not. It's actually again, it's proved well for me. It's done well. But there's also that element of I need to I'm making videos about Pokemon on YouTube. I need to legitimize to everyone else in my life that what I am doing is work and it's real and it means something and it's, you know, and so you work so unnecessarily hard yeah. and you get it to this place and now it's like, great, I got this. Now the biggest thing I need to do is learn to enjoy it yeah. and like be present in moments. I um, I just glanced. I don't often, I'm not often going to respond to things that I see in the chat during the oh, yeah. live show of the podcast, but I, I glanced at chat and saw something I do think is relevant to the conversation, uh, which is growth as a streamer happens outside of the platform, which is objectively true in most cases. But that's not what I experienced last year. Because last year, my growth yes. was all just due to the Among Us lobbies. And I was literally streaming all day, every day. And my numbers were going up and up and up and up because of all the collaborations I was doing, etc. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that that's normal. And I'm not saying that that's the case for most people. But I grew from, you know, averaging 50 viewers to averaging 600 in that time just by being live, just through collaborations. Yeah. And nothing else led to that, those numbers. The re the, but then the reverse growth happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> I... It's good loss. Yeah, well. <laughs> shrinkage. The shrinkage happened. And um, I do think that being live more hours does actually reduce that shrinkage. I do think that, like, if I had continued to put so many hours in, um, I don't but think would it would have been to be hours in doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, or similar. To, to or similar, establish yeah. what you've grown. Yeah, I yeah. think... Yeah. That, it, it's difficult. I think growth on platform is very much the exception, not the rule. And you grew as a result of those exceptions. Yes. And it's it's almost like a totally separate audience to the audience I, you would be trying to grow. Harris Heller did a video today, yeah. which I watched, which was really interesting. Okay. Alpha Gaming or Senpai Gaming, whatever he calls himself at the moment, um, where he was talking about the two ways to grow on Twitch. He was like, okay, the obvious way, the way I've talked about in every video I've ever made, the way Devin Nash talks about in all of his videos, everyone else, you grow on Twitch by growing a YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, obvious step one to growing or Twitch. Or other platforms. Right? Or, or other platforms, yeah. yeah. But then he said that the second technique, and he, he, his argument in this video that he released today was that that will take you to, for a lot of people, that will take you to between one and 200 concurrent viewers on Twitch and then sort of won't take you higher than that. Okay. 
Um, because what you need to then get past that, <coughs> he's called, he called this the advanced strategy to growing on Twitch, um, is, is having a skill. Is having a skill that people specifically need to watch you for. Because, as he said in this video, people are fickle. Um, people will will want to watch you do what they're enjoying watching you do, but then maybe they're not in the mood to watch this that that specific thing this day, or maybe you do something different. They won't want to watch you anymore. Boom, there go your viewers. Yes, this is exactly what I've experienced. That's sort of what you've experienced to a degree when you released your Zelda yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. It didn't didn't do anywhere near as well as the other stuff. People are fickle. Everyone listening to this podcast, I'm calling you fickle right now. Sorry. <laughs> um, so what? do you do to stop that well you develop a skill or you have have some sort of skill that people respect you for and people actually want to watch you for want to watch you as a creator not what you're doing not specifically you doing what you're doing but want to watch you as a creator for see i was kind of wrong in that i assumed or, or hoped i guess that that because among us was such a personality based game i thought maybe me growing as an Among Us streamer would mean I'm growing as everything because people are there for my personality. So when I do something else, I'm still the mm. same person. I'm still the same personality. They'll still want to watch. I was wrong. Personality and entertainment isn't enough. There needs to be something that you do that you're one of the best at that other people can't do. And that is what grows you past that point. That's, that's the argument he was making today. I think that's fair. And it scares me because I think cool when i want to start doing things that aren't pokemon theories like what's your skill what's what, my skill what am i what, bringing to the table what, what sticks you well maybe yeah. maybe that's the next thing to work on yeah the fact is i, I call myself berkey Potobi. i've got me on the front of the content to mm -hmm. try and build that relationship but at the end of the day like only x amount of people are going to care like there, there, there are the percentage of the audience that care about me toby probably the people who watch this podcast to be honest is a much smaller sliver of people than the vast majority of people that watch my videos. What's interesting is that... <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Though I'm also okay with that because they're watching videos about Pokemon. Pokemon's going to keep going forever. I'm going to keep on enjoying making videos about Pokemon. So I'm I'm happy to have that little corner of the internet. But, 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 but what's, what's, I think, interesting, and I don't know how the numbers are now. I haven't checked recently. But I found it interesting that your house tour video yep. got more views than your Zelda video. Is that still yes. the case? Yes. I know. I think that is the case. And that is interesting, especially because in my opinion, the thumbnail is far worse for the house tour. Well, I... I hadn't thought about that. Well, I have a, I have a theory okay. ab about why that may be. And that is... Okay, so you've got the people that want to watch Birdkeeper Toby talking about Pokemon, which is your entire audience. Yeah. Say that's everyone. 100% of the pie chart. Yeah. Then you've got all the Venn diagram, I guess. I don't know. Then you've got the people that... The, that want to watch Birdkeeper Toby talking about Zelda. Okay. So anyone that is a Birdkeeper Toby fan that doesn't care about Zelda even remotely, they're not going to click on it, right? Because why do they, even though they like you as a YouTuber... Why would they? They don't care about Zelda. If yeah. they don't care about Zelda or Tingle or, or, or don't even know who Tingle is, like they don't want to watch you talking about it. Sure. So they don't click on that video. Cool, yeah. So that turns off everyone that, that doesn't like Zelda. Um, but then the house tour video... Well, sure, that turns off everyone that only wants to watch Birdkeeper Toby talking about Pokemon. But it doesn't but it, but House, deny anyone. It's very general. Yeah. Anyone could enjoy that. Anyone could be like, anyone that likes you, not just for Pokemon, but just likes you. That's true. 
They can enjoy you talking about how you just bought a house and this is the tour oh, and this is this, this is that. So people enjoy me. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying is that like maybe what a way of looking at it is that Zelda, because it's such a specific topic, much in the same way that for me, Halo is such a specific topic and a lot of people, even if they like me, they don't want to watch right. me talk, or, talk about playing Halo. People don't want to watch you. If people that don't want to watch you talking about Zelda is because, although they like you, they've just got no interest so whatsoever. What we're in the saying subject, is, like, so. if I wanted to become a vlogger and introduce vlogs to Berkey Batoby, that would be easier. That'd than be Zelda. easier than Zelda, I think. So. Or perhaps even Pokemon cards, which is something I struggle with. It's too different a topic. Yeah, I think. I think. So. But like, if I was vlogging about my life, but then that isn't that sort of. It's the reason my just chatting streams tend to do better than when I play games now. So maybe I'm getting confused here. But isn't that like? Isn't knowing about Zelda the skill? Um, but vlogging, it wouldn't be, in theory, if I'm just talking about, like, my life and updates and that kind of thing. Well, the, the skill with vlogging would be, I guess, being entertaining and that kind of thing. Yeah. Although, as I've said, that, isn't, that doesn't seem to be enough of, a, enough of a skill. Talking about knowing about Zelda, sure, that is a skill, but it appeals to a very specific audience. And I guess you'd have to be consistent to build up that audience yeah. if you wanted to do that. Um, I'm gonna keep going with those, but mm, try them. But it's what I'm. All I'm saying is that I can see why maybe yeah that, that makes sense. hasn't appealed no, to sense. your viewers as much as the house store has because like, uh, I mean I watched the Zelda video um, more to support you than anything because if I <laughs> if I'm honest, um, I I didn't really care about Tingle all the stuff you were That's talking fair. about. If I'm being honest, That's fair. Um, no, okay, bye. <laughs> um, and and again, I haven't. The only reason I haven't watched the Arceus video is because I haven't played the game yet. And you said that spoilers, but like the house tour video, I freaking loved. I really loved yeah. that video. It's I loved it so it. much. I watched it twice and also showed my parents because I thought they'd be interested because it's like, well, it? house tour yeah, and that kind of sense. thing. Um, so I really liked I that. Really video. send it to mum. If you yet. haven't shown you, no, you no, sure I haven't. I haven't. Um, but it's just that's just a it's just a theory. A YouTube game theory. <laughs> I no, I. I mean, that makes complete sense to me, and I, that yeah, that works. It's interesting because the house tour video I felt very frustrated with in the making it because it was so out of the realm of what I'm comfortable making, and in terms of like light, camera setup, there are shots in it that I think actively look bad, and I'm just like, ugh, that looks awful. Why didn't yeah. I take more time? Why didn't I put more into it? Um, but I suppose lots of people aren't really thinking about that too much when they're watching it and maybe that's more of a i don't know i don't know yeah uh, I mean, definitely it's, it's the matter, kind of but... thing that you're going to notice more and of course yeah. i noticed the lighting wasn't great but then again more people will have noticed the lighting true. wasn't great because you actively talked in the video about how the lighting true. wasn't this great which, which feels like the right thing to do to be like look guys yeah i do know about this i've noticed it it's not yeah. great and i apologize but i guess the negative effect of that is that you're pointing it out to people that maybe wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah, right, yeah. It's like how um, I was watching a, a YouTube video by Sam, who used to be Harris Heller's editor, because uh, he's got his own YouTube channel, mm. Sam Whittle. And he, um, he, his video was he was taking a bunch of YouTube videos and re-editing them in, in a way that he says would make them better. And there was one video where this guy starts the video with being, hey, everyone, what's going on? Uh, sorry, guys, I know I haven't uploaded in quite some time. It's because of this and this and cut, this. Cut, 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 Just cut, get cut, rid of all of it. Cut, 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 yeah. Firstly, no one cares. Secondly, all you're doing is... is um, Pointing out. Pointing out that you've not uploaded it. And this that is, might put people off more This than is something <laughs> that applied to uh, drama. I don't know if this was general drama or if this is... We did a stand-up comedy unit at uni and they were saying, like, the audience is ready to forgive you. They want... Like, the audience wants to have a good time, right? Yeah. 
you don't need to apologize and point out things that they already know you're sorry for. Like, you're going to make a mistake. They've already had to sit through the mistake. Don't now apologize about the mistake because now they've got to sit through that as well. Yeah. You know? Um, but then again, it depends on... Thing? It depends on the kind of crazy you are because a lot of... Ooh. Sorry. Yeah, this is a very... We Sorry. Got, we've got a very promiscuous setup here. With Apologies. That. I just tapped it with my toe. B. I'm going to work on that. Um... But it depends on the type of creator, right? Yeah. Because a smaller, newer creator would likely make mistakes like that and have bad lighting, etc., and not know about it. So, yeah. like, they don't know that you're sorry for that if they don't necessarily know, yeah, that you know yeah, what you're yeah. doing. I would say that probably, you know, if I made a video and the lighting was bad, and I'd, I'd probably know about it, and people would probably know that I'd know about it because they've seen the majority of what I do where, hopefully nowadays... Yeah things tend to look pretty good on my content, hopefully. Uh, and same for you, but like for a lot of people. That was something that in one of Harris Heller's videos came up where he was saying, yeah, you know, I've been getting comments lately about my microphone and why it sounds like I'm underwater or something. And I was like, what? You sound fine. I, I was really confused, but I suppose because his audience are used to listening to him talk through different microphones and yeah. talk about different microphones and the quality of microphones. It was just, I guess they were more likely to pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that I I just found that the interest, I found it interesting that because I was confused at first as to why your house tour video did better than the Zelda video. In my head, it's like I, I personal update. Videos, honestly, it hadn't so well, even but. occurred to me. But now you've said it, that's really interesting. But yeah, again, I guess it's it's the Venn diagram, right? Yeah. People that want to watch Birdkeeper Toby talk about Pokemon, that's everyone. People that want to watch Birdkeeper Toby talking about life in general and himself. And that's everyone, minus everyone that, that doesn't really care about you, just cares about Pokemon. Yeah. But still, a lot of your audience will fit into that category. And then there's people that want to watch Birdkeeper Toby talking about Zelda. And then of those people, there'll be some people that... Yeah. There'll be a lot of people that don't aren't already Birdkeeper Toby fans because obviously they're Pokemon. And there'll be a lot of Zelda fans that don't mm -hmm. know you yet that will eventually fill that category. But there's also only the people that yeah. very specifically like Birdkeeper Toby and like Zelda, which I guess isn't the majority of Pokemon fans. Yes, yes, it's true. What I found interesting, though, is with the or, Zelda or videos... Sorry, just to add, um, doesn't like Zelda enough to care about theories because you yeah. could enjoy playing the games enough, like like I have. Like, I'm, I'm a very casual Zelda fan. Yeah. I don't really care about Zelda theories. No, sure. And so people like, like me, I guess, wouldn't even fit into that category. This is where I think the Zelda theories have advantage over Pokemon cards, weirdly enough. Because I think okay. I'm already seeing more success with the Zelda video than I did with Pokemon cards. Okay. And I think Pokemon theories are at the core of what I do. The storytelling, the lore, that kind of thing. And I, with Zelda, it's the same content. But with Pokemon cards, it's even though it's the same franchise, it's drastically different content. And I think people... It's like a, a closer jump to go from Pokemon theories to Zelda theories than it is from Pokemon theories to Pokemon cards. Um, which I just also find interesting. But yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the same... We were having a conversation about my own YouTube channel a few days ago where you were saying that you think I should be doing more general gaming news stuff, yeah. gaming opinions and gaming topics. And I've been thinking about that and thinking, yeah, I mean, that would appeal to my already curated audience more sure. than me specifically just talking about halo all day every day which is why i've sort of relegated that to a to a second channel that is still secret but bubbling away in the background yeah. um but if i was to do a video that was for example um would you like elden ring here's why here's why not mm -hmm. here um 
I, I played triangle strategy last night. Why I think triangle strategy is the most beautiful video game I've seen all year. Yeah. If I was to make more general content like that, I think more of my already established audience that have been watching me play Among Us would be interested in clicking on them occasionally. Yes. Um, does that, does so. that make yes, sense? Yes, I think so. And I think that the audience that you would build over making those general videos, I don't think you could make every one video game related, but like you could definitely use new releases to like draw people in. And then, you know, your other videos you're talking about Twitch. You're talking I mean, about let's face it. Everyone's clicking on Elden Ring videos at the moment. Yeah. Not everyone. Okay. I've right. said no, everything. No, 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 but... Sweeping generalization, but a lot of people are. Yeah. It's the most popular game we've had in quite some time. <laughs> I, I think definitely like you would then be building that audience. Whereas the idea with doing Halo content was to build a Halo audience who would be interested in watching you play Halo on stream. Um, I still like the idea of that. I still, that would still be fun. I would still love to be able to stream my favorite franchise yeah. at the same time, being realistic. <laughs> Not that I think it would be easy to grow with more variety. Obviously variety is very difficult, but I would certainly rather be in the spot where I can feel like I can make what I want to make yeah. different genres and different whatever, rather than, just boxed in again to a different franchise. Sure. I've been boxed into Hearthstone. Then I was boxed into Among uh, to Brawl Stars. Then I was boxed yeah. into Among Us last year. I don't. I feel like like even you know if I could do it, boxing myself I into Halo, I think is not like progress in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think you learning that about yourself was like really important as well because I feel like I have been giving you advice based on well, just you just do what I do. I do Pokemon. Because I'm happy to be boxed into Pokemon. I'll do Pokemon. And then you you do Zelda, you do uh, Halo. And, you know, because that's your favorite game and that's what you love. And then I feel like the advice was kind of in pursuit of that. But actually, if you wouldn't be happy... Being right now, I would be. The thing is, right now, I would be. Even yeah. though the game hasn't had any real updates, uh, I would be happy because there will be updates. Yeah. And, and I still love playing it. I really, really do. Right now, I would be happy. Yeah. I can't say from the bottom of my heart that if I was doing, if I was doing Halo, so if I was to manage to successfully grow a Halo, which is still a big if, you know, yeah, yeah, there would yeah. have to be a lot of work and a lot of progress in that direction. But I can't say from the bottom of my heart, in a world where I was able to be successful with that, I cannot guarantee that in two years I wouldn't be sick of it. And that's what sure. scares me. Yeah, that, and that's fair. That's fair. Like, I've, I've never had that worry about Pokemon. Um, I've always found ways to enjoy the franchise and to be honest i think even if i came to hate the franchise which i don't know how that would happen i could definitely make content on that but it, it um, doesn't matter how much i've loved something in the past i loved hearthstone and to be fair i did i was doing hearthstone full time for about five years yeah i got sick of it i loved um i loved brawl stars when i first started hosting it and casting it and playing it i was playing it all day every day I loved Among Us at first. I could not wait to get out of bed and yeah. play Among Us every morning. Yeah. Um, and eventually I burned out and got sick of it. And I fair. don't, I can't guarantee the same thing wouldn't happen to Halo. Well, so, in that case, that's totally fair. So in ideal worlds, I'd love to be able to sort of yeah. just be a little bit more varied. But I also don't know what content I'd make because, and I feel like I've learned a lot over the last few years. I feel like I would have more clickable thumbnails and titles and mm. I feel like I would be cleverer with with being more choosy with the type of content I make to make the content that's more likely to be clicked on and, 
and I'd work on the on the intro to make sure people are watching more than the first 10 seconds, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like I'll do better at it now than I would have done a year ago or two so years ago. You're just worried about what, what's the But concept. I have no idea what I'd be doing. I've always felt that the things that you talk about, like here on the podcast, the things that we talk about, like literally day to day, I think you have really interesting and good takes on the streaming space, the video game space. And so, and I, I do think news would really suit you. I think what you just said about triangle strategy, like you've got an opinion about how it's like maybe the most beautiful thing or, um, you know, even if you just frame it as this is what Pokemon's getting wrong. I played triangle strategy and it should be pixel art and it should look like it or whatever the thing is. That's I, a good take. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I think you could be doing that. Um, time and time again. No, Pokemon look good now. Have you seen the, you've seen the Gen 9 trailer? Survivor has scales. I'm excited. I'm yeah, really good. excited. Um, that's good. I still kind of, I still, I, I would still love to see, and I've been saying this for years now, I would love to see a Pokemon game yes. that actually used that art style, the sort of Octopath. Uh, I, I'd be up for it. I, I, there was, there, honestly, it was only last year I was thinking sprites, they need to go back, they need to go back to sprites, they need to go back. And that's doesn't, that doesn't have to be the main series. franchise. It could be yeah. a side game. I just, I just, I'd love to see a Pokemon game so where they... Imagine a two, heavily stylized. Imagine yeah. a two D side scrolling Pokemon game where, like, yeah, you've got the Pokemon battles and the, I don't know. There's no, something. I do think that could be really, really cool. They could do anything on it, honestly, and like, it'd probably oh, be cheaper man. too for yeah, them to make. Probably, I don't know, like, probably. Um, oh man, good art styles are, uh, are just the, the answer. Like, good art styles. I don't really care about graphics anymore. Graphics or whatever. Don't get me wrong. There are games where the graphics are, are utterly stunning, yeah. like The Last of Us Part Two, yeah. like Horizon Forbidden West, etc. Where it's like, okay, this game is stunning to look at, but like, it's so gorgeous. You played, we, we played, uh, you played Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank. Clank for the first time gorgeous. the other day. Pixar and, movie. It's a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's not like again graphically. It's not like doesn't look real yeah it's a video game it doesn't doesn't need to look real yeah but it was it's just gorgeous to look at i was looking at the effects um, and everything it was so, so uh, in the last of us part two the the guitar scene mm. take on me scene and it's like this is like gorgeous this is stunning cinema but i also like my favorite i think possibly my favorite video game ever is Zelda wind waker and i just it looks it's not even like up to scratch with like m modern stuff no, but, but it's got it, a great it, art style it looks so wonderful i was just i was just getting footage like i was saying for it and um i was in ganon's tower at the end of the game and i'm just like looking around at the the design of the building and i'm like this is gorgeous yeah. it just looks this is a game that's been around since you know and I, uh, the nostalgia helps Zelda I love games the have always been quite good at that though because yeah. again there's the uh there's the not skyward sword but yeah <laughs> is it link's awakening the, or link to the yeah. past i always get them confused link's awakening link's awakening on the switch looks fantastic it's one of the best looking switch games ever yeah I, unfortunately i didn't I didn't end up finishing it's it. fine. I, I got kind of bored of it. Yeah, through, and but... I think that's pretty understandable. Honestly, it's 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 like fine as Zelda games goes, but the art style is like, and the, and the look of it is top tier. Yeah, shame about the frame rates, but it's top tier. Yeah. It's mm, and like I think Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl was trying to do that, but just sort of not <laughs> doing it, not doing it quite as well, um, and and missing uh, a couple of hits where where Zelda got it. Um, yeah. I've also, um, for just, as you mentioned, frame rate. Again, conversation's going to get a, a tiny bit nerdier uh -huh. for a, just for a few seconds. I have been obsessed with ever since I got this PC with this with thirty ninety in it. I've been obsessed with playing everything in the highest resolution that I can. Yeah, okay. right. Um, a few days ago, I switched. Uh, I was playing playing some Halo Infinite, and I decided to switch away from my four K monitor to to asus one which has a higher frame rate 
and I, I lowered the resolution from 4K, which is what I've always been playing Halo Infinite on. I lowered it down to literally 1080p. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did not notice a difference to the visuals whatsoever <laughs> at all. Okay. Um, but the game felt suddenly so fluid. It felt like, I told you earlier I'd been popping off in Halo recently. It's not random. It felt like I'd oh. had, it felt like I had been having like, I had like a weighted training vest on. And I took the training vest off. Oh like, my God. Suddenly everything is just reacting faster and everything is just right. And it, it's kind of annoyed me to an extent because again, the freaking 3090 in my PC, I feel like I should be handling anything and it should be perfect. But doubling my frame rate from 60 frames per second up to 120 wow. uh, and uh, just everything is just so much snappier and more responsive. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm now good at Halo. <laughs> And I wasn't before. I think even with um with the Miles Morales game, Spider Man, <laughs> yeah. because they they you've got the, the high fidelity, the high fidelity, the, yeah. all the frame rates, and I would always choose the frame rate one for that. I the think. first time I played it, I did high fidelity, and you then you were like, you want the frame rates, and I was like, oh, but it looks a like gorgeous New York in the snow. It's so cinematic. It's lovely. After finishing the game, I swapped over the high frame rate. And I was like, I should have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. Should've well, I mean, I don't know. Time. I think, I think with the, especially if you're playing on a large screen, I think yeah. there's, I think when you first play it, you want to just sort of experience what the. It, it matters a lot less, and actually, there is an argument to be made for the cinematic feel but, of that. But with, with video games, I've just come to accept, like you know, yeah. it is the most, the most important thing, the single most important thing, is that it feels good. Yeah. Um, and. Again, the just the frustrating part for me is uh, I said I didn't notice the difference in the visuals. That's a lie. Occasionally, occasionally, if there's like a building in the distance with like a with like a sign on it, it's like oh that looks like a bit of a pixelated mess now compared to before. Right. But like, how much does that matter? <laughs> but compared to how much better I feel at the game now, it's like oh why didn't I why didn't I do this months ago? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I keep yawning so, on. <laughs> so I've sort of let go of my need to now try and play everything in, in sort of like good, 4K. Good. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to try and... And it also means that I'm going to be recording footage in, in low resolution. I still like recording, especially myself, in high resolutions if I'm doing a video. Sure. I still want to record myself in 4K sense. because I don't really see a downside to that. Yeah. It's not like I'm less resp <laughs> responsive. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're in 1080. Um, you're suffering. And, and and even if I don't want to release the video in 4K, I still see an advantage yes. to recording it because then I can do zoom ins and not lose any quality. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, as far as gameplay goes, I think I finally sort of let go of that. And I tell you, chat and anyone listening, 120 frames, so much better than 60. Like it's in, in an FPS, like it's so much better. See, the passion you're talking about this with, this is a video. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe. And there's so many of today's topics. I, I think if you watch back this this podcast, you would find five things that you have an opinion on, that you're passionate about, that you're interested in, and that that each of them is like a, you know, eight minute video that can hit double monetization. So <laughs> the um the skill that I have, if I if I was to say that I have a skill, the reason that I wanted to start this podcast is because I there's hosting. I've been, yeah. again, I was doing that professionally as an esports host and a caster, et cetera. I think that I'm quite good at, at leading conversations, yes. that kind of thing. But that's difficult to convert that skill. 
quote-unquote skill. I don't even know if it is a skill. I guess it's a skill. Um, it's difficult to convert that into, uh, you know, into into content interviews, especially when your guest is literally falling asleep. Listen, on you. I'm feeling a little run down, and I was thinking, oh, is it? Oh, maybe picture camera. Well, I was gonna say maybe is it time to to move on to a, a sort of post show type situation. As I'm feeling quite run down, and I feel like we've got a lot of mileage out of this. Um, what, what time? I haven't, podcast already. I don't even know what time I mean, time, but time's definitely flown by. Where Wait, are we at? It's, now we've uh, only been live for about 15 minutes. <gasps> it's now. Oh, it's 20 to 9? Yeah, 20 to 9. What the heck? Yeah, we've been going for it. Wow. <laughs> I think that's now, a podcast. Well, that was me worried that uh, the, just the two of us would have nothing to talk about. We had loads to talk about. I mean, the thing is, we talk all the time, but I guess my fear is that, like, as soon as we're on camera and in front, like, we're like, what are we? No, not not yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. but like, what do we talk about that we haven't already talked about amongst ourselves, which is going to be sort of stale if we, we talk about. We just like it hearing or... ourselves talk. It's yeah. honestly fine. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, well, there you go. I guess that was that was the COVID House podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed. <laughs> I, I never did any housekeeping. Um, at the start of the show, obviously there was no skit or trailer this week because, frankly, we've not been well enough to uh, to make one. Vikram was supposed to be on today. He will be on at some point. We just need to reschedule him. But next week it is going to be Jamal, as you yes, mentioned earlier. Yes, yes, lovely Jamal, uh, who is again a bit of an expert when it comes to TikTok and shorts. So it'll be fun to. I feel we like could, we talk about TikTok a lot. We do. We need to have a TikTokers on. <laughs> yeah. What we well, I've we'll see Pizza Waffle I, actually, I was talking yeah. about earlier. Maybe maybe. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> next week the, the, the funny thing about next week is that we have a little games night on Friday mm. and Jamal is one of quite a few people coming to it and I feel like there are <laughs> there'll be quite a few people there that would be up for coming on the podcast right but we can't do all of the podcasts in one week wouldn't it be funny if every 20 minutes we kicked the guest off and had a different, had a different one on <laughs> and that's a waste we'll just, have, we'll just do eight podcasts back to back we could genuinely do two, but now nah, we're into the post-show. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously, if you're watching live on Twitch, thank you. We'll do the post-show in a second, so don't go anywhere. If you're not watching live on Twitch, why not? We're live 7 p.m. every Saturday, even when we've got coronavirus, apparently. Even when. So, uh, so there's, there's that. Um, if, if you, if you want to support us elsewhere, the podcast will be up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called spotify and all of the other podcasting apps um by monday hopefully and it will also be up on my youtube channel on monday so give it a watch on youtube let it play give it a like uh, give it a download on any of the podcasting apps it takes you a couple of seconds and that counts as a full listen so uh, that always helps but yeah for now that is i think all of the housekeeping stuff i need to do toby where can these wonderful people find you you can find me as always uh oh, not not on, not on screen but on uh birdkeeper toby on all the social platforms that's it there's no plug that's it you're all good you want to give everyone anyone a shout out you're basically two guests today oh uh, i would like to give a shout out to your secret halo channel that no one will be able to find as a result of the shout out but it's out there it's definitely possible but i don't want people to unless they're going to consistently watch the videos so uh all right uh why is toby's butt saying oops well we'll answer that in the post show but for now thank you for watching and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye.